Well, hey, Tree Church, welcome back to another Bible study. Today we're going to be looking at chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. But before I dive into that, I just want to do a quick recap of the end of chapter 1. So at the end of chapter 1, it's a very sobering passage of Scripture. Uh, what Paul was addressing is a temptation that can happen to all of us, and that's the temptation to try to kind of ride the line in our relationship with God. And what I mean by that is, we know that there are specific things that God calls us to do, but sometimes maybe it's a misconception of grace that we think, oh, sin's not that big of a deal, so I can go ahead and keep doing a specific behavior. Or maybe we think that we can just use God as an influence, that we can pick and choose, like he commands us to do this and this. We'll do those things and reap the benefit, but this one other thing we don't really want to give up. Uh, maybe it's arrogance because we think we know better than God, and so we think that we can actually improve on the word of God, that what he says is old-fashioned, or maybe we look at it and go, it's not relevant to culture anymore. Whatever it might be, we have this temptation where we don't fully submit to the commands of God. And what happens, and this is what Paul addressed at the end of chapter 1, it's very sobering. What Paul then goes on and communicates is those people aren't really in a relationship with God. Uh, the tension of it is when you have a relationship with God, like in verse 17, he says, the righteous shall live by faith. So that behavior of dismissing God and not fully submitting to God is not a posture of faith, it's a posture of arrogance. You're not trusting in God, you're trusting in your own logic and your own desires. And so it was very sobering. He says what happens is God takes his hands off of people and then they go down a pathway of destruction. And he listed uh, many sins. Now, this was not a comprehensive list, but he listed many sins that people will fall into because they reject the truth of God. So when he was describing this, so just so you can understand the full context of the book of Romans, the book of Romans was written to Christians. It was written to the Christian church in Rome. This church in many ways had some immaturity about it, so he's expressing some truth to get them going in the right direction. But in that previous passage, he's mainly talking to Christians about non-Christians. He's talking about those that maybe would try to ride the line or those that are just in total rebellion so that they will understand the, the consequence of that pathway. Now, the reason why this matters is Paul then immediately, and this is what we're going to look at today, immediately transitions to talking back to the Christians. So he says, look at those who have rejected God, who don't fully submit to God, even those who might assume or, or in, er, in uh, ignorance think that they're in a relationship with God. He goes, look at them. They're not really in a relationship with God, and there's a consequence to that. But then now he pivots, and he looks at the church, and what he's going to challenge them is he's saying, guys, if you don't walk in obedience, you're no better off, and, and maybe even worse off because you think you're doing just fine. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. So in verse 1, he says, and I'll put this up on the screen for those that are watching. He said, therefore, you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. So, so here's his challenge, and this is what the first four verses are going to be about. He's saying, guys, for some of you now, you look at the people in the world, or you look at these Christians that are very immature, these Christians that are in rebellion, and you judge them for their behavior, but you're doing the exact same thing. And so there's an arrogance about you that you think because of something, and we're going to look at what that is, because of something that you're better off and, and somehow you're allowed to continue to sin. And he goes, it doesn't make any sense. It's absolutely illogical. And so in verse 1, what he's talking about, he says, by judging people, what you're doing is acknowledging you know the standard. 
So if you look at someone and you say you shouldn't be doing that and you explain why, and then in your own life, you continue to do the exact same thing. Not only are you a hypocrite, but your very a posture of judgment shows that you're not doing it in ignorance. You're doing it in arrogance. You know the standard. Now, let me tell you from a, a pastor's perspective, I see this happen consistently, and it's always confusing to me. So even as I say this, I'm not saying this to be harsh. I'm not saying this to try to judge someone else. But I am saying this, that if this just at all kind of like just tinge, like uh, tweaks you a little bit, like you just go, oh, I want you to examine your own heart and see if this is true about you. One of the things I observe is that there are some people, the more they study the Bible, the more judgmental they become of other people. So we have this, I wouldn't say consistently, we have this periodically in the church. People will be newer Christians, they'll st- they have a hunger for the Bible, so they start studying it. And then all of a sudden, they become the biggest judges in the church. They judge others. They judge the church. They want to come in and critique every aspect of the church. This thing should be doing it this way. This thing should be doing it this way. This group should be doing it this way. We need to be preaching on this. We need to be doing this more. And and they have this very arrogant posture to them. And this is exactly what Paul is addressing. He's saying, friends, this doesn't make sense. If you look at Scripture and you know the message of Scripture, then what you know at the foundation is... All of us are sinners. All of us are broken. All of us need grace. And so if your posture is anything different than that, then you're doing it wrong. And that's why I often say to people, if the more you read the Bible, the more aware of other people's sins you have, then you're doing it wrong. The more you read the Bible, the more of your own sins you should be aware of, which means the more of God's grace you should be aware of, which means the more grace you should show people. And so Paul's like, guys, this doesn't make any sense. He goes on in verse 2. And he says, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. So he's not trying to minimize sin. He's not saying, okay, hey, we all sin, so it's not that big of a deal. That's not at all what he's saying. He goes, we all get this. We all get this. Let me read it again. We we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. We know God punishes sins. Even in your own hypocrisy, we know this, that God punishes hypocrisy, that God punishes those who do sin. The wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness. That's what it says in chapter 1, verses 18 and following. Why why is he highlighting this? Because he's saying, guys, we get it. We see how serious it is. But it doesn't mean that you have to take a posture of judgment against every other person. In verse 3, do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourselves, that you will escape the judgment of God? I mean, what he's posing is, do you think by being self-righteous that somehow you impress God? Do you think that by going to church, by singing the songs, by knowing the standard, that that's what makes you saved? That that's what makes you different? I mean, what he's saying is, guys, that's not the hope. That's not why you should have confidence. You should have confidence because you are saved by grace. And then in verse 4, he says, oh, sorry, I missed the last one on there. But then in verse 4, he says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Do you think because you know what God's grace is that somehow you get a pass? Do you think that those who are ignorant about sinning is worse? 
Now, I want you to think about this because even as I said that, you might go like, oh, that's not me. But hold on, I want you to pause for a second. When you look at a person who has nothing to do with the church, uh, a person in the world, and you see their sinful behavior, and then, so just pause, kind of picture that in your mind. And then you picture yourself or someone in the church who goes to church and is, as we'll say, is trying, but yet they allow that exact same sinful behavior in their life. I'm not talking about someone that's struggling and repenting. I'm just saying they allow a certain sinful behavior in their life. Do you look at those two things as differently? Because they're not. If you allow sin in your life, it's the same as for the person who does it in ignorance versus the person who does it in arrogance. It's both wrong. And so what Paul was trying to get his audience to understand is simply knowing the truth, simply going to church, simply being religious, that doesn't save you. And if you think that the more you understand of the truth of God, that that gives you right to be a judge of others, he's like, you're doing it wrong. So friends, here's what I want to ask you. As you get closer to God, as you better understand his truth, are you increasing in grace? And I want you to think about that. Are you becoming more loving, more grace-filled, do you strive to understand people's backstories so that you can give them more grace? If you say no and you find yourself becoming more judgmental, more legalistic, then I want to push back and say, you're doing it wrong. You're reading it wrong. The more you study the story, the more you study this message, the more you should understand that you and I are broken by sin and we are in desperate need every day of grace. And that grace that we receive should change our hearts and compel us to love people differently. So that's your challenge for today, is to allow the Holy Spirit to check your heart, to see where you need to grow, and then to surrender those things to God. I hope you guys have a great day, and I hope to see you on Sunday. God bless.